staring out at the St. Lawrence and ignoring my carton of yogurt. At one point I thought I heard La Manche's door, then the swish of the glass security doors that separate portions of our wing. Being a forensic anthropologist, I've developed some immunity to violent death. Since the medical examiner turns to me to derive information from the bones of the mutilated, burned, or decomposed, I've seen the worst. My workplaces are the morgue and autopsy room. So I know how a corpse looks and smells, how it feels when handled or cut with a scalpel. I'm accustomed to bloody clothing drying on racks, to the sound of a striker saw cutting through bone, to the sight of organs floating in numbered specimen jars. But I have always been unsettled by the sight of dead children. The shaken baby, the battered toddler, the emaciated child of religious zealots, the preteen victim of a violent pedophile— the violation of young innocence has never failed to agitate and distress me. Not long ago, I had worked a case involving infants, twin boys killed and mutilated. It had been one of the most difficult encounters of my career, and I didn't want to reboard that emotional merry-go-round. Then again, that case had been a source of satisfaction. When the fanatic responsible was locked up and could order no more executions, I felt a genuine sense of having accomplished something good. I peeled back the cover and stirred the yogurt. Images of those babies hovered in my mind. I remembered my feelings in the morgue that day, the flashbacks to my infant daughter. Dear God, why such insanity? The mutilated men I had left downstairs had also died as a result of the current biker war. Don't get despondent, Brennan. Get angry. Get coldly, resolutely angry. Then apply your science to help nail the bastards. Yep, I agreed with myself aloud. I finished the yogurt, drained my drink, and headed downstairs. Charbonneau was in the anteroom of one of the small autopsy suites, flipping pages in a spiral notebook. His large frame overflowed a vinyl chair opposite the desk. Claudel was nowhere to be seen. What's her name? I asked. Emilienne Toussaint. She was on her way to dance class. Where? Verdun. He tipped his head toward the adjoining room. La Manche has begun the post. I slipped past the detective into the autopsy room. A photographer was taking pictures while the pathologist made notes and shot Polaroid backups. I watched Lamont grasp a camera by its side handles, then raise and lower it above the body. As the lens moved in and out of focus, a small dot blurred, then condensed over one of the wounds in the child's forehead. When the perimeter of the dot grew sharp, Lamont depressed the shutter release. A white square slid out, and he pulled it free and added it to a collection on the side counter. Emilianne's body bore evidence of the intensive effort to save her life. Her head was partly bandaged, but I could see a clear tube protruding from her scalp, inserted to monitor intracranial pressure. An endotracheal tube ran down her throat and into her trachea and esophagus, placed in order to oxygenate the lungs and to block regurgitation from the stomach. Catheters for IV infusion remained in her subclavian, inguinal, and femoral vessels, and the circular white patches for EKG electrodes were still pasted to her chest. Such a frantic intervention, almost like an assault. I closed my eyes and felt tears burn the backs of my lids. 
I dragged my eyes back to the small body. Emily Ann wore nothing but a plastic hospital bracelet. Next to her lay a pale green hospital gown, bundled clothing, a pink backpack, and a pair of high-top red sneakers. The harsh fluorescent light, the shining steel and tile, the cold, sterile surgical instruments. A little girl did not belong here. When I looked up, La Manche's sad eyes met mine. Though neither of us made reference to what lay on the stainless steel, I knew his thoughts. Another child, another autopsy in this same room. Putting a chokehold on my emotions, I described the progress I was making with my own cases, reassembling the corpses of two bikers who'd been blown apart by their own folly, and asked when anti-mortem medical records would be available. La Manche told me that the files had been requested and should arrive on Monday.